0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's time to play like a jet with your host Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean?
0: Here they come on third and five Wilson.
1: Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it.
0: Plenty of green grass. Wilson
1: Gardner, coming in hot, Aaron Wilson, here he goes, goodbye, and hello end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked, guess who, you only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall, looking for history, Hall, with his 24th straight game of the rushing touchdown, into the NCAA record books. Listen
0: from the play a jet.com digital studio this is play like a jet my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like a jet one and it is time to get to know your foe green bay packers edition so for that we bring in the man who is the voice behind the Packernet podcast ryan schlipp i like to say he is the green bay packers podcast version of of me because I do the Daily Jets content. He does Daily Packers content, so it's good to have him on to talk about the Jets and the Packers matchup coming up tomorrow at Lambeau Field. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, It's been long overdue. I've known about you for a long time <laughs> as, as you know one of the rare people like me that does the Daily <laughs> content, but we haven't been able to work together yet.
0: Likewise, I'm glad that this is our first opportunity to do it, and hopefully more opportunities will present themselves. But I want to start with the number one storyline around the Packers right now, and that, of course, is the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now, The Packers, I guess you would say, have underachieved a bit so far. They're 3-2. They don't and look like a Super Bowl contender. However, as we both know, Ryan, anything can happen when you have a team quarterback by Aaron Rodgers. He's off to a bit of a slow start for him. If you were to look at his numbers, blindfold somebody and say, are these good numbers? Yeah, of course they're good numbers. 1,137 passing yards, a 68% completion percentage, 8 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Seven yards per attempt, quarterback radium 96. These are numbers that for most quarterbacks, you'd say pretty good. But Aaron Rodgers, that's not what you're used to seeing. A lot of it appears to be that he's really trying to get in sync with these new players. Obviously, his best receiver, his best weapon in the passing game, Devontae Adams, traded away to the Raiders and so there are new guys in there now some of the old guys like Alan Lazard have had to step up Randall Cobb has had to step up but you've also got Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson both drafted in the 2022 draft so all these new parts are trying to come together tell me about what you've seen from Aaron Rodgers so far is it him is it the new pieces is it the coaching is it a combination of everything what do you think
1: I think it's a little bit of a combination of Aaron Rodgers and, and the offense around him. This isn't necessarily bad Aaron Rodgers. We've seen bad Aaron Rodgers where the passes just aren't quite there and something's just not quite right. I think he's incredibly accurate this year and everything seems okay mechanically with him. But as, as somebody else pointed out, it's as if the field is kind of compressing. With Without having a lot of talent at wide receiver, they're limited in what they're able to do. So the options aren't necessarily there. And so, you know, he's, you see him do a lot of things where he's throwing to covered guys and, and he gets flustered behind the pocket and all that. So he, he's sort of struggling. And, and part of the issue is he needs to be able to evolve. Um, he's so used to playing hero ball where a defense will say, you know, we're going to put eight men in. And he's like, all right, let's do this. Me and you, we got this. And he has that guy, Devontae Adams, where he can just drop back and launch it. And he knows as long as I got one on one coverage is fine. Well, he doesn't have that guy anymore. So he's constantly force feeding guys like Lazard, thinking that, you know, this is my guy, I trust him, I can make the throw, he can make it the catch, but it's just not there. He's trying to throw to guys hoping to open down the field, and we don't have the speed. So he's rather than just sticking within the structure, and Matt LaFleur's scheme is built on, you know, just real quick passes, getting scheming guys open. But Rodgers, when when the game's on the line, he just wants to put everything on his shoulders and he doesn't want to relent and just do what the offense uh, is recurring. So it's, it's a little bit of a combination and, um, something needs to give here because the, the ability is there, you know, you go back and watch it. You can see guys getting open. You can see Rogers on occasion has time. Sometimes it's not exactly there, but something's not quite clicking and Rogers seems optimistic. He says it's about to break here at some point. I think most of us are just kind of in, we'll believe it when we see it mode because yeah, it's there, but but until somebody's willing to kind of give on this, whether it be you know a guy like Dobbs kind of stepping up uh, as a young rookie, or some of the tight ends finally stepping up, or Rodgers just kind of letting go of his old w- old ways, which I doubt is going to happen, um, we're going to be kind of stuck in a rut here. So on one hand, yeah, I think I think he's doing fine. On the other hand, it's it's becoming problematic. This these these patterns that are developing. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Looks like Christian Watson's not going to play tomorrow. And Ryan, before we started recording, you were telling me about what happened with Christian Watson up to this point. It sounds a lot like the second year of Denzel Mims, honestly, because as you said, he got hurt and then he missed camp and they haven't gotten on the same page. And the train has almost left the station with him. Tell me about what they've been trying to do with him. And do you think that him not playing tomorrow is going to make any kind of real impact based on the fact that he hasn't seemed to get going yet? Maybe there was something they were going to try and do against the Jets. I know they've tried end-arounds and things like that just to get him involved. He has dropped some passes, so some miscommunications there. Tell me about that story and what's going on with him and whether or not you think it's going to make any real difference coming up in the game at Lambeau.
1: I would guess 95% of Packer fans would say no, but I would I would say that it 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 will make a difference. Um, so Christian Watson had knee surgery; it was nothing major. It was just kind of a minor cleanup thing that they wanted to get taken care of. But he ended up missing all of training camp. Well, he didn't get opportunities to have any reps with Rodgers to work with the the number ones and all that. So when it comes to game time, he has very limited understanding. So they they gave him very basic things to do. And so all he was really doing is running go routes and, and sweeps. And that was about it. And then he got injured again. And now he's injured for the third time already, or, or you know, the, the, the cleanup plus two injuries. So he's missed a lot of time. And, and the Packers, and especially Aaron Rodgers, really don't have a lot of patience for people and allowing them on the field if they don't know what they're doing. So the the ability for him to really get the field and, and be able to produce in, in a larger role, probably isn't really even going to happen this year, especially if he can't get healthy. But as far as this this upcoming uh, opponent with the Jets and everything else, um, he he really does have blinding speed. Um, you know, if you look at it, you say, well, he's kind of similar to uh, MVS, the wide receiver we had last year. He's very different. He's much faster. He's one of the rare guys that can crack 23 miles an hour, like Tyreek Hill and, and a few other guys that can do it. Um and so you you see that show up e- even when they use him in motion the respect that's given as 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 linebackers fly to the other side or even just creating underneath him as he runs down the field a lot of routes are created and, and space has opened up underneath him without that now again what i said with rogers things are kind of getting compressed if you take away that big speed element now we don't even have that even though he's not contributing necessarily in terms of 50 yard receptions and touchdowns and everything we are much more limited in what we can do on the field when we don't have his level of speed. So for me, I, I think it's pretty serious to not have a guy like that on the field. And the other guy that we had that's a speed guy is Sammy Watkins, who's also injured. Romeo Dobbs is relatively fast, but he's he's not on the same level in terms of speed. So um, he's not a big producer, but I think the Packers like that speed for more than just you know getting behind the defense and catching passes. I think it's a big part of what they do offensively.
0: Ryan, when it comes to the Packers rushing attack, they have a pretty balanced one two punch with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I didn't even realize this until I started digging in, but they have almost identical number of carries Jones at 61, A.J. Dillon at 63. The Jets have had some trouble containing good running attacks. In fact, this past week in their victory over the Miami Dolphins, it was an old friend of the coaching staff, Raheem Mostert, who of course saw some time in San Francisco with Mike LaFleur and Robert Sala, absolutely gashed them. You have to figure there's a good chance that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to do that. Now if you go over to prizepicks.com, you will see that Aaron Jones needs to get more than his player projection of 61.5 yards. If you include him. As one of your player picks over on the Daily Fantasy matchups Might be a good idea Because you pick 2-5 to five players over there at prizepicks.com And if they do better or worse than their prize picks projection You can win up to 10 times the amount of money you put in The beautiful part of this is, of course If you pick Aaron Jones to do that against the Jets If he doesn't do it Then you can be happy that he underachieved against the Jets. If he does do it, then you might win some money over at prizepicks.com. You don't have to play against anybody else. You play just against the player projections, NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever it is you want. It's all there at prizepicks.com. Very easy. Use the promo code PLAJ. For your first deposit, and they will match you up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. You put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code PLAJ to get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks, And I got to tell you, Ryan, I'm very nervous about this combo of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones in particular could have a very good day against the New York Jets. Tell me about this Packer rushing attack, the 50-50 carry allocation, which as I said, surprised me looking at it cold, and what you expect to see from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon against the Jets, who, as I said, struggled mightily last week against Raheem Mostert in the Miami Dolphins rushing attack.
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of people don't realize how much um, everybody really likes A.J. Dillon here. Um, Prior to the season, Matt LaFleur said our running backs are 1A and 1A. Um, (laughs) You know, most people look at it and say, A.J. Dillon's your backup. No, he's not the backup. He's our number one running back, just like Aaron Jones is our number one running back. So um, Aaron Jones is clearly more of a gifted runner. Um, Dillon is, is, you know, surprisingly fast, powerful, Great receiver, surprisingly. He's got some of the best hands on the team, as does Aaron Jones. Um, but the 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 good news, bad news, and it's it's kind of reversed from my perspective as opposed to your perspective, they've been doing a fantastic job running the ball all year long, probably the best that I've seen them run, the run blocking, the running. Aaron Jones is on another level. A.J. Dillon's doing a great job. Um, but we just refuse to do it. And it's becoming a really tired thing where every week – The running backs have, you know, six, seven yards. I think A.J. Dillon had about seven yards per carry last week, but I think he had six carries. Aaron Jones, you know, similarly, five, six yards per carry, had about 10 carries. And every week they go to the podium and say, why didn't you run more? And the coach says, yeah, we we probably should do that more often, but, you know, it's what the defense gave us. So basically, all you got to do is show eight guys in the box, and Rodgers, who's Mr. Cerebral, is going to say, oh, I know what to do. We need to check out of this and pass. So we don't even try to run against it. You can make us one dimensional just by threatening to stop the run. It's becoming really, really frustrating, and that's when Rodgers kind of gets into trouble. Where you got to try to pass, and he's not able to pass, and that—that's sort of the the crux of the issue is trying to be smarter than uh, than just riding the hot hand. You know, if if Aaron Jones is having a great day, just keep running him. Well, there's eight guys in the box. It doesn't matter. Just keep running them because <laughs> it's working. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if it if it happens this week. Um, I do expect, you know, talking about prize picks and everything, I think that's a pretty safe bet that he'll be able to hit that because on his average he needs about 10 carries. Mm-hmm. But um, is he going to get 10 carries, I guess <laughs> is the question. So I, I, I certainly hope so because it's been a, a real big strength as far as their ability, but it's been a weakness in terms of um, Rodgers just deciding when when his back's against the wall, I'm going to take over. We're gonna up running. We're gonna start passing. So again, if, if you can maybe hear by the tone of my voice, we're we're getting a little frustrated with it over <laughs> here. But um no, I mean they're doing a great job, but um we just we need to do it more.
0: Defensively, Ryan, Rashawn Gary, clearly the best player on that front seven, getting to the quarterback. He's got five sacks already this year, but he is a little bit banged up. And then you got Preston Smith, he's been around quite a while. Always effective, three and a half sacks He's also got nine quarterback hits So he continues to be somebody you need to pay attention to Tell me a little bit about what you've seen from that front seven so far And also, what is the story with Rashawn Gary? How much is this injury going to affect him, do you think? Coming up tomorrow at Lambeau
1: yeah, so today was kind of the first day we got some clarity and it was a little conflicting, so I'm not entirely sure. We, we first heard the press conference from Matt LaFleur saying that it was concerning, so that scared us all to death thinking he's up for a while. And then he ended up practicing, and it is, uh, I think, questionable for the game. So it sounds like he's going to play. Um, I don't know if, if maybe they're going to reduce his snap counts or exactly how that's all going to play out, but I do think he's going to end up playing. Uh, but yeah, Rashawn Gary and... and and Preston and Kenny are, are really the three. Primarily, it's Rashawn and Kenny to be honest that that are just massive disruptors. Preston's kind of been having a rough couple weeks. Uh, he's kind of hot and cold. But those are the two that are that are really impressive. The I think the biggest issue for the defense is they they tend to play a little bit soft in their coverage, and so they're they're one of the worst teams in the NFL's crossing routes. And so the problem from what I'm seeing, from my perspective, is the pressure is almost always getting there, but the ball is getting out almost immediately on these quick passes that we just seem to want to concede in hopes that we can get you into third down and maybe do something cool, I don't know. But um, we're not giving our guys enough opportunities to get to the quarterback. But, no, that's the bottom line. I don't don't know. I I think I saw um, your quarterback as one of the worst as far as getting the ball out of his hand. He's kind of holds on to it for a while. They need to work on that. get it out real quick because Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark if you're holding on to it for three seconds he's going down I can I can promise you that
0: Let's talk about the secondary because you and I were talking before we started recording and you said the secondary for the Packers has been a bit of a mess, disappointing. It's one of the areas that you were sort of surprised has been as bad as it's been. Although we know Jared Alexander is one of the best corners in the league, continues to perform at that level this year. But overall, that unit hasn't been so good so far. What's been going wrong?
1: For for me, you know, I'm, I'm not... Uh... I'm not the foremost expert, but from my perspective, it, it falls squarely on the defensive coordinator. I think a lot of times, and there are mistakes, you know, there are guys doing the wrong things in the wrong spot at the right time, missed tackles, whatever. I think they're being put in a disadvantageous situation. Um, I, don't, I don't really see them being used to the full extent of their abilities. You know, what, what good is having a guy like Jair Alexander, who is an elite cover corner, standing 10 yards away from a guy? Who lets him catch it and then try to run up and? Kill him. I mean, you can get an undrafted free agent to do that. You don't need Jair Alexander. So, um, it's been pretty frustrating from for our standpoint as far as just kind of babying them. And um, you know, they they play. I think Mina Kimes was just on talking about. I forget the exact stat, but some to the effect of they're one of the the most soft defenses in terms of how much cushion they give receivers um, in the entire NFL. I don't know. I don't understand it. I know Jair has has uh, mentioned it uh, early on. I think it was against maybe Tampa, or no, it was after week one, actually, against the Minnesota Vikings, airing out his frustrations that he wasn't used in man coverage against Justin Jefferson. Jefferson kind of went off making all kinds of records or whatever against us. And he was he was upset that he wasn't utilized, um, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm here to take those guys away, and, and you're choosing not to do that. So the guys are getting upset. The fans are getting upset. And uh, Joe Barry continues to play his kind of soft vanilla, very, you know, there, we don't blitz. There's no stunts, no twists. We rush for, we play, you know, kind of this zone defense about 78% of the time or something to that effect. And we just, we just expect to be better than you, I guess. I don't know, but um, there's, there's no surprises coming your way. You're, you guys are going to know exactly what Joe Barry's planning on doing.
0: I like hearing that because Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore, it's a tough receiving core to give so much cushion to. So if they do yeah. that tomorrow at Lambeau, they could run into some issues. What about the run defense? What does that look like so far for the Packers?
1: Well, it's it's been pretty tough. Uh, from my perspective, the linebackers have not really provided much, and again, and, and maybe I'm being unfair here, I tend to think that that's a lot of it is the defensive coordinator. And the reason I say that is when I watch, for example, Quay Walker, our rookie, and, and he had a great camp, and you can see the, the speed, the aggression, the violence, the tackling, all that stuff, he's really uh, a solid player. A lot of times you'll see him hesitate as though they're always watching the, the play action or this or that. They're always hesitant and trying to prevent something else from happening, which makes it real easy for the offensive lineman to get up and reach and block. And so they're really ineffective in terms of being able to stop the run. So it falls very heavily on the defensive tackles, making the play as it is. And again, Kenny Clark is is a solid football player and everything else, but they they can't do everything themselves. They they need linebackers to be able to help. So it's it's hot and cold. When they're at their best, they're really, really solid. Kenny Clark is dominant. T.J. Slayton had a phenomenal week last week as far as run defense goes. Jaron Reed's pretty solid. Dean Lowry, but you can't cover every single gap yourself. When you got three guys there, you need the linebackers to step in. So what you'll probably see is some, some real stiff defense. And then eventually on, on you'll have a drive or two, or especially in the second half where things start to open up. And um, that's, that's when the uh, that's when the gashing starts.
0: (laughs) Ryan, tell me a little bit more about what you're expecting to see from the Packers strategy wise here in this game. We know what the Jets do well. We know what the Packers do well. You also know what the Packers' coaching tendencies seem to be—the strategic tendencies. Talk to me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be the the way the Packers are. And again, this is kind of where the frustration comes from and wanting things to change. But I don't think people generally change. I think what they like to do is this is the way we do things here, and I expect you to execute it. So I, I think from a from a defensive standpoint the plan to play aggressive downhill defense. So that means we're going to let you try to throw those. We're not going to let you throw deep. We're not going to let you attack down the field. We're going to let you try to take these quick plays and we're going to attack downhill and, and make good tackles, play aggressive. If you try to throw behind the line of scrimmage, we've seen a couple of times guys come up, blow that up. So when things are, when things are going real well, it, it, it works just fine that way. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the plan. Take the deep shots away try to force you to play underneath. And if you try to hold on to the ball, play some ag- aggressive pass rush and whatnot. Offensively, it, it's, again, I don't know how much they're going to plan on what the, the Jets do well, as opposed to we just need to do something that works. Ideally, we're going to try to lean on the run a little bit and hope that that opens up the pass. But I think they're going to end up getting away from that because my assumption is the Jets are going to kind of load up, um, and not allow them to run the ball and force them to throw, which sounds weird because we have Aaron Rodgers trying to force them to throw seems weird, but put pressure on the wide receivers to get open. And so you're going to see a lot of quick passes, a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of slants, a lot of, you know, rub routes and things, just to try to scheme guys open to be able to get into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, But if, if, if that isn't able to work, that's when you're going to see them start to take some shots. That's that's the biggest thing the Jets need to be able to take away because that's that's essentially where where the Packers are, are lacking. They're trying to do all these things to set up the big plays. And if they can do that, that's when things really open up. If they can't, then they get stuck in this cycle and it doesn't really work. So I, I, I know what you guys have on the back end. Um, it's really, really so – I've seen the takeaways. I've seen the players – um, and, I, and I know that the Packers are going to struggle with that So expect a lot of quick passing A lot of running And uh, just trying to get some run after the catch And hope that we can sustain some long drives Tire out your defense And and score some points that way Ryan, the Packers lost to the
0: Giants last week They're back at Lambeau They're going to be angry Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, will be motivated to win at home They're seven-point favorites over the Jets So clearly the odds makers are expecting the Packers to win this one how do you think this is gonna go? you don't have to give me an exact final score, but all said and done, how do you think this one turns out?
1: last week against the Giants it was an eight point they were eight point favorites and I said that was absurd um i i I picked the uh I took the Jets <laughs> for for the eight points there <laughs> um because I thought that was ridiculous and I and as soon as I saw it it was I think it's at seven and a half now it was seven when I ended up betting on the Jets and I did not to win but it, it's kind of a similar thing you know they have not proved to be a team that's going to blow anybody out and um I can't speak necessarily to how much better or worse the jets are than the giants but I don't really see a massive gap there to say that the jets are or the giants are clearly better than the jets if at all so I don't see how we come to that conclusion I know it's at home and all those things but they have to prove it first, and and that's my, my point of view. They have to prove that they can be a team that can that can beat a team by 7 points, by 10 points, and that's going to require scoring a lot of points as well as the defense, not only not the other team back in the game. And so I, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I haven't gotten to the point of doing a, a score prediction, but I'll, I'll, I'll do similar to what I said against the Jets. I think the Packers are going to win in a very, very um, narrow margin victory. And I think it's going to be a nail-biter down to the end and uh, be a lot of – it's going to be one of those wins you don't feel great about, if if that makes sense.
0: Ryan Schlipp, the host of the Packer Net podcast, like I said, it's like looking in a mirror when I talk to him because he's the Green Bay <laughs> Packers version of – of me doing play like a jet. He does daily Packers content. So he and I share that bond of insanity because only insane people would do what we do. Ryan, I'm glad we could finally link up. Thank you so much for coming on and breaking down the Packers with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing with Packernet and also follow you on social media. How can they do that?
1: Yeah. So it's uh, Packernet podcast. Wherever you're listening to this one, I'll be on there. Um, if you want to scout us or whatever, and then, uh, Twitter pack underscore daddy, if you feel like heading over there for whatever reason, um, that's about it.
0: There you go. Make sure you follow Ryan on social media. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under Luke Grant has got some fantastic all 22 breakdowns up, including a breakdown of Brees Hall's 197-yard day against the Miami Dolphins. He was absolutely phenomenal, and if he's anywhere near as good as he was against the Dolphins, against the Packers. Going to be trouble for the Packers at Lambeau Field, so watch our videos at youtube.com slash playlikeajet and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a Jet.com.